Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics, with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. And so this really is about moving forward better and faster, and uh, we intend to continue to expand uh, our partnerships. I was inspired this weekend being downtown for 9-11 events and seeing how New York City came back better through public-private partnerships. And that's what we're working on, to have businesses come back better, stay open, get people back to work, get them back to what they love, from sporting events like the Raiders to restaurants, through our uh, announcement today with Resi and Open Table. So we're going to continue to expand through public-private partnerships. So that was Karen Seidman-Becker of the Clear App Corporation, CEO and chairman, discussing or announcing the distribution and dissemination of a phone app that you can show to businesses in order to confirm your vaccination status and get acceptance to conduct business. This is Dr. Mark McDonald. I'm here with Dr. Jeff Barkey on informed dissent. And we're going to be talking about exactly this today, which is the further expansion of government intrusion through the collusion of private businesses and unions into our lives through these unconstitutional mandates for vaccination statuses and vaccine passports, both in businesses and schools, which uh, I find to be absolutely alarming and which fortunately is showing some new fledgling and very well-organized opposition coast to coast. Yeah, you know, Mark, it's, it's clearly not about the health of people. She references this, quote, public-private partnership. Now, I'm not opposed to a public-private partnership if it, if it betters the, the country, it would seem to me that a better public-private partnership should not be around a passport of sorts, but should be around actually things that improve our health. Like, how do we make available to people proper treatment if they were to get COVID? How do we make available to people prevention strategies? How do we make available to people the knowledge that they should be checking their vitamin D levels and, if necessary, taking vitamin D, some really simple things uh, that can improve their health as opposed to a tyrannical system of identifying and segregating people based on the status of a mandated medical procedure uh, that too many government agencies are recommending and that recommendation makes no sense. So listen, I'm I'm not opposed to the idea of private industry partnering with public or government industry, but this is this is crazy talk. And she she speaks about it as if it's routine, accepted, matter of fact, um, and that we should just simply all all accept it. You know, may, maybe we should be cutting out a yellow star if we're vaccinated, and put that on our chest, um, and we should comply that way. You know, I, I reread a, a little piece that I can't remember who published, but it shows these two Jews during the Holocaust with stars on their chest. And somebody asked the question, how did it get to this point? And I'm paraphrasing, but they responded that it wasn't all at once. 
it was simply one mandate at a time and each one didn't seem that big of a deal and we thought it would be easier and better if we just said yes and complied to the mandate all the way up until they were getting on boxcars and being headed off to uh, concentration camps. And so we're seeing that now. I hear advertising now on the radio and on the TV about mandates to attend certain events. You can't, if you can't go to a certain restaurant up in LA if you're not vaccinated, you can't attend a concert hall, the Disney concert hall. You're not allowed to go in unless you're vaccinated. And I even heard it was Nancy Pelosi. Uh, I heard yesterday she was asked the question about whether or not we should require this. Maybe it was some, maybe it was some other tyrannical leader, maybe not Nancy Pelosi, but it was a question about what about travel on an airplane? Should we require vaccine mandates to get on an airplane? And of course it was, well, you know, naturally we want that to happen and that's going to be next. And of course that only makes sense that to fly on an, on an airlines, you should need to show a vaccine passport. And we're being pushed so hard in that direction that it's almost hard to know what to make of it. Um, it's, it's, it's dystopic, really. It's, um, you listen to it and you shake your head and you go, really? She's speaking in a way that is, is as if unchallengeable in her certitude that this is a good thing. It feels to me like there's been a, a, an appropriation of language which has allowed what is essentially tyranny, as you say, to fly under the radar, to bypass our uh, natural defenses, our anger. When you look at European countries where people are able to see through this because they're more used to the use of deceptive and propagandistic language because of the tyrannical regimes from the 20th century that they all had to live through, they are angry and they are protesting in the streets. They're, they're doing sit-ins, they're marching, they're pushing through police barricades saying, this is not going to happen, not again, we won't tolerate it. I think Americans are tone deaf because they don't have the capacity to reinterpret this kind of language. When they hear the word partnership, it sounds really nice. Partnering, it sounds like uh, what kids say that socialism is. It's about being social. <laughs> well, it's not a partnership. It's actually a collusion. And that's very different than a partnership. You know, Jonathan Swift wrote a modest proposal uh, over 100, 200 years ago. And these all sound like very modest proposals. And, and his modest proposal in order to solve the famine in Northern Ireland started out very simply. He pointed out that there was a crisis. He said that the way out of the crisis is to provide more food. We don't have enough potatoes. Well, I'm, I'm with you there. We've got to speak to families. They need to make sacrifices. Hey, I'm, I'm with you there. We have to partner with our communities to be able to help reduce starvation. I'm, you got me. I'm, I'm, I'm with you all the way until he reaches the final conclusion of his essay where he says that we need to start boiling and eating the children. <laughs> <laughs> that was called a modest proposal, and that was written by Jonathan Swift during the, uh, the Irish potato famine. And it just sounds so lovely until you actually get to the end point. But by the time you get there, you're so sold on the idea that you're willing to tolerate anything, even boiling and eating your own children and those of your neighbors. That's kind of where we're going here. The boxcars are going to be just the natural end point uh, two or three miles down the road from the clear app partnership, public-private restaurant touring uh, entry validation card, which all just sounds so reasonable and, and easy and simple. And I, I want to... I want to let you know that this is very, very dangerous. Uh, 
that if you don't hear this and step back and question what's really going on underneath it, you are going to be taken in by a net and you're not going to be able to find your way out. This is very sinister. It's uh, very dangerous. It's based upon lies. It's based upon misinformation. And if you're not careful and if you don't question and challenge it like they are in other countries, uh, you're in for a really, really big surprise and you may not be able to escape from it once it's done. Yeah, it's really evil, in, as a matter of fact. And if, you, if you're listening and you have a Clear app, I don't use Clear. Clear is the app that, um, that allows you to bypass the TSA rather quickly. It's sort of like pre-check, but only uses biometrics. You pay, I, I can't remember if it's $50 initiation and then so much a month, and you, they scan your finger. Actually, I think it's a retinal scan now that I think about it. And you just look into this machine, it scans your retina, and you're cleared to go through like you have pre-check, and it makes it easier to get through the TSA. So if you're listening and you have this clear app, sounds like an interesting product. I don't travel enough to really need something like that. But look at the app. Somebody showed me today, uh, my wife and I were at a dinner party, and somebody showed me who had this vaccine app on their clear app on their, on their iPhone. And the little barcode comes up, a little, uh, what do you call it, a QRS code comes up that somebody could scan to identify that you've been vaccinated. Maybe there's a mechanism, if you have the Clear app, that you can send a comment back to the company to say that you think this is wrong, that they're getting involved in this coercive government public, this private public um, relationship to push forward this this idea of a, of a vaccine passport uh, to coalesce with to co- go along with the vaccine mandate um it, it's like it, it's you know listen I, I never like it when people use reference to nazi germany because it's really hyperbolic but i don't think it's so hyperbolic show me your papers it's like the old soviet union nazi germany show me your papers i was in san diego this weekend and driving back from san diego to orange county you pass a border patrol checkpoint and the guards are out there and maybe every 10th or 15th car they'll have pull over to look for contraband or illegal aliens coming across the border, although I'm, I'm not sure they even care about that anymore. And I can only imagine now driving down the 405 freeway from Orange County to Los Angeles, maybe there'll be a border crossing checkpoint that I'll need to show my clear app in order to go from Orange to Los Angeles County or go from one state to another state. Um, that's literally what it's coming down to. So clear app first. If we go the route of the clear app, it will be a natural now because they use these clear apps for airports and getting on uh, TSA and getting on uh, airplanes, that it'll be a natural. You need to be vaccinated to fly on an airplane. And we'll use clear app as a proof of vaccination. It's coming. I think it's... well, it's, there's no way around it. I mean, this is exactly where this is going. We already know where it's going because it's already happened in China. It's called the social point system. We have, a, I think, a very clear um, illumination into the motivation behind this. And there's evidence, proof, I would say, that it's not about health and it's not about safety. When you look at the discrepancy between the positions of the people who are pushing this between this vaccine passport and voter ID... We have seen an unbelievable pushback. In fact, a federal judge, or was he a state judge, 
uh, in one of the states just overruled the state voter ID law on the grounds that it was racist and it would decrease a voter turnout in the state. Everyone, everyone in this country has access to either a driver's license or an identity card. There's no exception to that. And yet it's being fought tooth and nail at every level because, of course, it means that you're going to have more people voting and perhaps people voting that are legitimate rather than fake votes. It basically makes it harder to commit fraud in the election. There's no dispute. And yet here we are not only uh, allowing something like a clear app to go through, but actually sponsoring it with public dollars, with taxpayer money, with, they, they say, partnerships in New York, and now it's moving into Los Angeles. So the idea that somehow uh, identification technology is simply being used to help further health and safety laws and regulations um, to me is just a complete fallacy. And I think it's obvious, regardless of what one's politics are, uh, that that's the case when you look at the, uh, the blatant hypocrisy uh, through the use of uh, voter identification, which is actually just identifying who you are, nothing more than that, versus this kind of a passport, which is not just an ID, it's actually a health record that could contain all sorts of information, mm -hmm. not just about the vaccine, it could be tied back to uh, what religious affiliation you have, it could be tied back to uh, what you uh, put on your Twitter or Facebook page, it's literally an endless supply of demographic information about your life that could then get you access or deny you access to just about any business that has a scanner. I, I mean, I don't think you should be allowed to fly in an airplane if you haven't had a pap smear in the last year. I think I'm sure that'll be a call. I there. think if you're behind in your prostate exam, no flight for you. So let me make sure I understand voter ID racist. I think it was North Carolina where they tried to pass it and a judge said, no voter ID for you. Voter ID racist, vax ID good. Is that right? Is that like four think, legs good, two legs bad? I think that would be uh, uh, Orwell's two thumbs up in your summary <laughs> comment. <laughs> exactly. It's insane. I, I mean, I think we should, you know, what's the under over of how long it's going to take until vaccine passports are mandatory to fly. You know, uh, I'm flying to Colorado to participate in uh, an event out there. And it's only a matter of time where I will not be able to get on an airplane unless I'm willing to show a vaccine passport. Listen, if you're vaccinated, you should be against this idea. If you're fully vaccinated and you're listening, you should be angry at this idea. It's medical apartheid is what it is. They want to separate people into the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. And by the way, in the unvaxxed category uh, are a whole bunch of people, probably half of the unvaccinated people are people that have recovered from COVID and it makes no sense. So whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, you should be revolted by this idea that we're going to have a public-private partnership with the folks that run Clear uh, to create some vaccine passport. I don't, I don't know if Clear is a public company, but you know, the other option is maybe we should just buy stock in Clear and then. Uh, well, you just raised a really good idea. point, Jeff. If if this is truly about protecting people, the most protected from harming others, that is, are those who actually have achieved natural immunity. It's not people who got a vaccine. 
I mean, even the CDC has admitted that people who receive a vaccine are as likely, if not more likely, to infect other people with the virus. So the people who, be sh who should be getting a clear pass, if there is anybody in any one group that should be getting it, are people who actually have natural immunity. It should be called an immunity pass. I haven't seen a single word immunity out of Immunity pass. I like it. Let's start yes. that. Don't tell anybody. Let's start that. <laughs> You know, the the other oh. thing we should do is, I don't, I don't know if you remember when I was a kid and I used to fly with my family, that's when smoking was allowed on airplanes, which is super interesting. That there was a smoking section and a non-smoking section. Maybe that's what they that. need. Maybe they need a vac section and an unvac section. They divide the plane into three, vaccinated, unvaccinated, natural immunity, and we can segregate ourselves that way. Or the same I thing at restaurants. I would feel much safer. Yeah, I would too. Oh, absolutely. And you know, the interesting part, I, we were, I was talking to somebody about masks and airline mandates for masks and so forth. I didn't realize this, but it should have been obvious. You know, you know who doesn't wear a mask on the, on the airplane? The pilots. The pilots. I don't get it. Are those security doors that they now have that go into the cockpit? Ah, wait, sorry. Um, my bad. We're not allowed to call it the, a cockpit anymore. It's a flight deck. Those security doors that go into the flight deck, do they somehow, air can't get under the door or through the door, they're protected from COVID, so they're good up, up front without a mask on? I don't get it. And a completely separate air filtration system, obviously. Yeah, it must be. Of course, there's recirculated air on the airplane, so whatever we're breathing, the pilots are breathing, but somehow I guess COVID doesn't make it up to the front of the plane. No, it must know. It must know. Must know like at restaurants, you can you walk in with a mask, but when you sit down, you know, right about it, four feet off the ground, then uh, COVID is, uh, is, no longer, is no longer there. And oh, I here's am... the best part. I want to be one of these guys. They have air marshals on airplanes. We need to have COVID air marshals. That's what we need. And I'll, I'll walk, I'll have like a little Adolf Hitler mustache. And I'll walk down the plane and say, your papers, please. And make everybody show me their papers. I'll be the COVID air marshal. With a bottle of sanitizer spray in their holster. Exactly. It's insane. I, I don't know where this, where is this leading? If this continues down this well, path, where, what's, what's the end game? I mean, I, I, can, I can already see where it's going. Uh, the, the fake Dr. Barbara Ferrer, who manages the LA County Public Health Department, as soon as the, the ink was drying on the page of the sustained uh, governorship of the tyrant, Warden Gavin Newsom in the state of California, she announced that uh, she was preparing to pass a ban, which did pass and is now in force here in Los Angeles County, to prohibit anybody within the county from entering a bar, a nightclub, a large musical space, a museum, an exhibit without a vaccine passport. And the school system in the state of California, Sacramento County specifically, uh, they voted to move to require vaccines for all students K through 12. And there's already been rumblings that the um, vaccination requirements for state students, meaning all students in the state of California in public schools, is going to be put into force, not just down to age 12, but down to age six. And, and yep. then, of course, kindergarten, yep. which is going to happen within the next month, month and a half. So if you think about the direction this is going, we're looking at businesses, we're looking at schools. If you're a child and all children have to go to school, 
Or if you're an adult and you need to conduct business, which adult does not conduct business of some sort out in public and exchanges money for services, this means that every single resident in the state of California, we already know what's happening in New York, it's wandering across the country really, is going to be unable to essentially function and live in society without a vaccination. Mm, mm, And mm. that vaccination is going to be carried on some form of an electronic passport. The vaccination cards, as people are finding, are very easy to fake, are going to be replaced with something like a clear app, probably Mm -hmm. a federal level app. So everyone Mm -hmm. is going to be required to carry it on their phones. You won't be required to show voter ID, of course, because that's that's too Mm -hmm. onerous and racist. But you have to have an active cell phone with Wi-Fi and cell service and the app with all of your healthcare information, because that's completely, um, completely safe and necessary for our uh, ongoing functioning as a healthy society. And once that's in place, as you said, what is the end game? Well, the end game is to have that container, that biometric uh, computerized data container that can then be used to stuff in any other data that will serve the purposes of the so-called partnership groups, uh, which is going to be government and large corporations. And we're not going to have a say in it. Uh, And if we want to fight back, we want to block that, we want to reject it, then we are going to be... um, remotely blocked from access to any of the important aspects of our lives, uh, whether it be entering into stores, whether it be perhaps even starting our cars. Uh, Mm. Joe Biden wanted to force all cars uh, that are manufactured after the next few years to have a biometric identifier in the car, uh, as well as a breathalyzer test so that the driver of the car has to confirm his identity through biometric identification. And guess what that's going to be? Well, we've already got the app on our phone for the vaccine. Why not just turn it into the driving app? And if for some reason we have um, failed to meet the day-to-day shifting requirements of the government, then we won't be able to get out of our driveway. That's where this is going. It's it's crazy. You know, we live in California, and of course, California for the first time in its history has seen an exodus of people, the population of California has decreased. I wonder if the same will be happening in the United States if some of these things actually come to fruition. Will people leave the United States for a freer country? It's hard to believe that we won't continue to be the freest country in the world. I'm not sure where we'll go. Um, Some of these rules sound a lot like China. Um, I don't know where we'll go. Maybe to Hungary. They seem to have a, a freedom streak about them. I'm certainly not going to Australia where they literally don't allow you out of your house and they track you. You know, there's an article out of the Orange County Register talking about children and vaccines. Pfizer is eyeing an October submission of safety and efficacy data for its COVID-19 vaccines um, for children between the ages of 5 and 11, but it gets better. Pfizer is running a trial examining the safety, tolerability, and effectiveness of its vaccine in children between the ages of, wait for this, six months and 11 years. So they're coming after our children big time. And just to remind our audience, the CDC's own data shows if you're less than 18 years old, the survivability of COVID-19 is 99.997%. That number is so huge, it's almost hard to even understand what it means. But let me tell you what it means. A young child has a greater risk of dying from seasonal influenza than from COVID-19. 
a child has a larger risk, a higher risk of dying from a motor vehicle accident than from COVID-19 or from drowning. So the idea of vaccinating somebody who's less than one or less than 18 makes no sense from a health healthcare standpoint. As a matter of fact, I was on a, uh, I was on a, I was interviewed the other day, so I looked up this data to get accurate uh, information from the CDC's own website. And by the way, you can do this yourself. If you're listening. Google CDC COVID-19 death by age, and the data is right there. So less than 18 years old throughout the pandemic, 435 kids is, have died. And don't get me wrong. Every one of those kids is a tragedy and I can't imagine what it's like for those parents but almost every single one of those children that have died have had significant underlying health issues something like 98% of those kids and those health issues could be things like childhood cancers or type 1 diabetes or obesity or other conditions that put them at risk but when you look at the 600,000 or so deaths versus 435 kids, it's, it's a statistical anomaly. Kids simply do not die from this disease. They are not at risk from this disease. So the idea of vaccinating a child with a brand new technology messenger RNA that we've never used before, without long-term safety studies to make sure that these children aren't going to be harmed a year or five or 10 from now, makes zero sense whatsoever. And I would argue, and many scientists argue, that the risk of the vaccine outweighs any benefit in children, and we should not be doing this. And if you're a mom or dad and listening, do not let your child under any circumstances get vaccinated with this investigational vaccine. It doesn't make sense. Why is Pfizer doing this? Because they can. Because there's enormous profits in it, and they have zero liability risk. They are immune from all liability. If a Pfizer shot or any of these other shots, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, kills your child, you have no recourse. You cannot sue the company. You cannot sue anybody. Uh, there is no recourse, and you should not allow your child to get vaccinated, in my opinion. I have parents asking me all the time, what do I do? And my answer is always the same. You got to take your kid out of school. You have to take your child out of school if a condition of education is vaccination, period. I, I don't think there's any compromise. You can get exemptions for masks. You cannot get your child out of these vaccine mandates. They are coming for your child, and they're coming for your child all the way down to birth. It perhaps may even become an in utero injection at some point before your child is even born. <laughs> well, it's, I know it's, that the, it's getting there. They want to vaccinate pregnant women now as well. That has already become the established recommendation of the American Obstetrics Association and the FDA itself. So they're already coming after your unborn child, not just your child. That's what I recommend to parents. Pull your kids out of school. Fortunately, there are other things that you can do as an adult when you are being forced to comply with an unnecessary, in your view, and perhaps dangerous vaccine when you are an employee. The LAPD, the Los Angeles Police Department, uh, just uh, announced in a, uh, a newspaper article I read two days ago that thousands, thousands of their employees, of which their officers are part, are filing 
a lawsuit to stop the vaccine mandate, and they are also refusing to get it. They're filing exemptions. So this is not a small number of people. This is one of the largest police departments, if not the largest in the country. And they're taking a stand, and they're saying, no, we don't want this, we don't need this. You can't lose another 1,000 police officers or 3,000 employees in this police department, which is already hemorrhaging because of all these defund the police cuts, crime is through the roof as it is, and still survive. It's not going to happen. So if you are in a company, whether it's a healthcare organization, whether it's uh, a city or county employee, wherever you are in your state, there are others like you that also feel the same way. And there are groups of employees who are organizing, they're filing lawsuits, they're pursuing exemptions, at least to, to delay this process until it can go through the courts and be quashed, which is where it should be uh, shut down. New York State, I believe, uh, just had the first successful lawsuit filed and approved to shut down some of these vaccine mandates uh, for some of the uh, employees in that state. Uh, even the teachers union, I believe, in New York City has blocked the, the, the forced vaccination. So with every day that the, the forced vaccination crowd becomes more and more strident, there is a, a greater unification of forces to push back against it, whether it's a march, like what happened in New York the last few days, whether it's a lawsuit, like in the LAPD, or uh, the uh, unions coming up to support their employees. That is what we need to do. We need to fight back. We need to organize. And we need to push back against the tyranny. Absolutely. America's Frontline Doctors uh, website has resources for you, so you can go there. Mark, great being with you informeddissentmedia.com. Send us your comments. You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.